Thank you for joining us. The Dacus Report is on the air to defend your religious freedom, your parental rights, and other civil liberties. And now, with the latest information, is your host, the president of the Pacific Justice Institute, Brad Dacus. Welcome to the Dacus Report. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Brad Dacus, president of the Pacific Justice Institute. On today's show, we're going to talk about some blatantly unconstitutional laws that were just uh, passed in the state of California that could affect uh, free speech, and particularly pro-life free speech. Uh, we're also going to talk uh, about a very important uh, matter involving a fine uh, being levied against a county that does not want to respect state laws with regards to those who want to opt out of the vaccine. To talk about these and other matters, <clears throat> we have with us here on the show our constitutional law attorney, Michael Peffer, who heads up the Southern California Office for Pacific Justice Institute, PJI. Welcome. Thank you so much. Glad to do this. Yeah. Uh, Michael, uh, Texas has been very outspoken about uh, anything that they see as tyrannical from the federal government, trying to control their lives, control their businesses. Yes. Uh, the people of Texas are very bold. And the governor of Texas has uh, decided to lead the charge in opposition to the pending federal mandate by the Biden administration against every employer who has over 100 employees mandating and controlling them to require employees to be vaccinated or else. That's right. Uh, the governor is taking you know, serious actions. What's what's going on in, in Texas? Uh, this is a, a major confrontation, uh, bucking, butting of heads. And uh, I think the American people should definitely uh, be watching this. Absolutely. And, and in fact, I think one of the messages of this story is that the American people are fired up on this and mostly on the Republican side. They are desirous of seeing people be free, whereas obviously in uh, Joe Biden's um, you know, party, the Democratic Party, they're, they're not really concerned all that much with freedom because they're they're more than happy to force people to get this at the risk of their jobs at the risk of their health uh, at the risk of having a basic freedom of your own body uh, th these are the things that are needed to be dealt with and I'm so thankful for states like Texas that actually are allowing people to be free and to make that choice themselves from a legal perspective Okay, we, we see that, you know, from a policy perspective, a lot of people are going to say, hey, I agree with the state of Texas. Federal government has no business under pretext of health and safety in the workplace to basically do this maneuver to try to control lives. That's right. Uh, do you think that the state of, of Texas has a, a good shot at prevailing in this matter uh, in, in light of the, the fact that we have judges now who respect the Constitution and seem more likely than in the past to limit the powers of the federal government when it comes to controlling states' rights or uh, the rights of individuals. I, I do think it's hopeful. And the, way, the, way, the reason why I think that is because people will remember last year uh, where we fought all year long about churches being closed arbitrarily uh, because of this COVID um, nightmare that we fell into. And it took us all year until you know later in the year to get to the United States Supreme Court. And the case we filed, um, was we prevailed in Santa Clara County 
before the Supreme Court. So I'm, I know I've been telling people, be patient. We're, it's going to take us a while to get there. But I think we have a good likelihood of success on this, allowing people more freedom. I know we have an office there in Texas, uh, Dallas, Texas, uh, with an attorney and a, a staff uh, person there coordinating that office. I know they're watching this very closely uh, because uh, there are so many people in the state of Texas uh, who really feel like the federal government is violating their rights. But not even only in the state of Texas, but people in other states where they have governors um, who maybe aren't taking action. Yeah. But maybe they should be. Yeah, that's right. And uh, that's up to the voters to decide uh, whether that's being handled properly at the, the next um, next election, perhaps. Uh, so I understand that there is a physician that uh, has been fired an anesthesiologist has been fired because he refuses to take the vaccine. Uh, what's what's going on here? Yeah, and this is the trouble that we've found ourselves in. It's it's not enough for them to say, okay, look, we want everybody to be vaccinated. We it, no, instead, what we are doing is requiring it and people are losing their jobs right at a time when we really need medical personnel. We're not having enough of it because doctors, as this doctor that we're going to talk about here, it happened to him. But you not only have that, but you have the gloating of the other side and, and the sort of, you know, sermonizing. Yes, we're the we're really out for people's safety when really that's not what it's about at all. It's really about power about control, about making people do what you want them to do, whether they want to or not. Now, this anesthesiologist has, has clear convictions against this vaccine, along right. with many, many doctors across America That's right. that are often silenced on, on YouTube and other places. But they're definitely out there uh, and, and uh, by the thousands yes. that are objecting to this vaccine. Um, so this doctor uh, has made it very clear his convictions he was escorted out of the hospital, and they say it's because you know the vaccine is necessary for health and safety. Yes, but he was was wear, willing to wear the standard surgery mask. That's right. Basic protocol that has been used for years and years. That's right. And if it wasn't successful and effective in preventing the transmission of a disease, a virus, a cold, etc then why have we been using it, relying upon it for so long for millions of surgeries? That's right. I mean, this is, it's, it, it just seems like just a power grab that they want him to do what they want him to do. It's really not about patient safety really, because not. he's willing to, to continue with all the standard protocol of uh, medical safety procedures for purposes of a surgery. Absolutely. And, and, you know, the interesting thing here is, is that we can't, there, there doesn't seem to be any bit ability to do a middle ground. Last year, we celebrated doctors and nurses because they went to work. There was no vaccine. They went to work. They practiced safe protocol. And I'm not aware of any statistics that would compel them that it's so much safer if you take the vaccine for patients than it is if you don't, if you're unvaccinated. I, I'm not aware of any statistics that supports that. Yeah. But and, here we are. And, and in fact, the, the studies now show that the vaccine 
doesn't, unlike a traditional uh, infection where you have your natural antibodies and immunity, so people have actually had COVID, they have a very strong uh, immunity uh, and they don't trans, uh, you know, they don't uh, give the disease to other people. That's right. But people with the vaccine, uh, there's, there is still, uh, it's not really a vaccine. So it doesn't really block uh, the ability for the vaccine to get out and spread. It can still spread. That's right. So it's, it's, it's a false narrative that they have, uh, an illusion to think, oh, we'll have all our doctors vaccinated and they're not going to be able to spread it. There's actually a, a large portion of risk that still exists with the vaccine um, with regards to complications. And we're not even going into the shedding aspect. Yeah, exactly. That is, is another risk that is inherently there um, with regards to patients possibly uh, getting uh, the, uh, the, the results via, via shedding. So this doctor, I think, is very rational. Uh, I understand there was a Los Angeles Times uh, article, you know, attacking him, That's I right. guess, at the end of the day. Yes. Uh, and yet this is a basic issue of freedom, uh, of liberty, of science, of statistics. Uh, and I'm just uh, I'm disappointed that uh, that this is happening. Yet the fact is, this is happening really all over the country, isn't it? It really is. And one of the things that you kind of value in in the scientific fields, like medicine, is you value a thinking outside the box, right? You want doctors not just to consider what is all that already been looked at a thousand times. They want we want them to consider what has been looked at a hundred times, right? So it, it's something that. Uh, we can have them thinking for themselves. I, I really like what uh, Twyla uh, Brace, this RN, uh, the founder of uh, Minnesota-based Citizens Council for Health Freedom, she says, I'm heartened by all the Americans who are standing up against COVID tyranny. Um, and she remarks about this anesthesiologist, this physician understands that this is way bigger than COVID. It's not about COVID anymore. This is all about compliance. It's about adherence. It's about obedience. And this doctor is saying no. That's right. And I, and I think that's kind of what we've been telling our talking to our clients. Look, this is about compliance. This is about making sure you obey what the governor says, no matter if it offends your sensibilities in terms of your faith, medical issues. They, they will stop at nothing. That's, and that's right. why PGI has been really active at this, and we will continue to be active until we see some market change. Yeah, what I'm really disturbed about also is the fact that so many people, about 100 million Americans, have had COVID. That's right. Actually had COVID. Yes. And yet <coughs> they're being treated like subhuman yeah. by all these entities saying, oh, we're requiring a vaccination. Yes. But if they've already had COVID, they have a much stronger and broader immunity several times over. That's right. Than the vaccine. But yet they're still being oppressed and said, no, we're not going to let you enter this restaurant or we're not going to let you have this job or we're not going to let you on the airplane potentially uh, to go somewhere unless you have the vaccine. Yeah. Even though science and medicine irrebuttably shows that the vaccine is dramatically inferior to the auto, uh, the natural immunity of people who've had, who've had COVID. Absolutely. This is, I'll be frank with this, about this, Michael. I think this is cultic. Yeah, You know, it's, it's illogical. It, it makes no sense. And it's, it's like you must comply with the mandates of the, the, the COVID cult. 
That's right. Called yeah. the vaccine cult, um, or you're going to be ostracized, punished, disciplined, oppressed, every way we can until we have everyone forced into this corner. And I think here's my hypothetical. I think one reason for this is I I believe that many who have been proponents of this, including Dr. Fauci and others, I think in the back of their mind, they know that there is a risk. There, there, there are real risks with this. And that there's a risk that five or 10 years from now, we may discover some major long-term ramifications. A number of doctors, very reputable doctors across America have been saying this. Yes. Well, when we return, we're gonna talk about a new law in California that on its face seems to be blatantly unconstitutional with regards to free speech rights. When we return, right after this. Pacific Justice Institute is here for you. Defending faith, family, and freedom all without charge. We're almost entirely supported by concerned individuals like you who believe in our work. We invite you to prayerfully consider joining our support team by making a one-time donation or becoming a monthly financial support partner. Visit our website at pji.org and join our team today. Welcome back. I'm Brad Dacus, president and founder of Pacific Justice Institute. Uh, Michael, California has been such a problem over the years. Uh, that's why, even though we have offices from coast to coast, that's one reason why we have four offices in California. That's right. Because <laughs> uh, just under half of our, all our cases are, are in California that's right. for good reason. Yeah. And one of those reasons is because they pass laws that are blatantly unconstitutional. That's right. And apparently they've done it again with regards to a, a law that limits uh, people, protesters, uh, outside abortion clinics. Uh, this could be a very serious infringement upon basic First Amendment rights respected by the courts. Absolutely. And also uh, it, it, it puts restriction about people protesting at vaccination sites. I have not been made aware. I know the people that we're helping and the people who, they don't want to go protest at some vaccination site. They just want to be left alone. Right. And, uh, and so for whatever reason, they included that. But this SB 742 that the governor just signed, it does um, expand a so-called bubble zone uh, that that really is a problem constitutionally. We know this that uh, under the First Amendment and all the, the jurisprudence that's involved in that, all the, the law that's been going on, the street and the sidewalk are from time immemorial public forums. And, and that allows people to protest and to, to speak against uh, things that they don't believe in. And so um, here, we're going to shrink the ability of people to do that and charge them uh, with a with months uh, six months in up to six months in jail and a fine of up to a thousand dollars. Yeah, the fact that they this includes vaccination sites yeah. is a total red herring. This is a, a pretext so that they can try to justify it because we know, as you said, yeah. people don't demonstrate outside vaccination sites. Like you said, if they're an anti-vaxer. They just want to be left alone. That's right. They don't want to lose their job. That's right. They, they, they don't want to be booted out of college. I mean, that's that's the, the you know people who don't want the, the COVID vaccine. Yeah. So that's just a, I think it's just a pretext right. to justify the real gnarly um, you know, intentions of the other side. This is supported by Planned Parenthood because they don't want counselors uh, near their, their clinics counseling women 
to give them choice. Uh, and that's what we're talking about as far as like protesters. We're generally talking about sidewalk counselors lovingly reaching out and ministering to women. Planned Parenthood hates ministers. They that's hate right. anything ministering to women, anything showing them the love of Christ and compassion and alternatives. Yes. So this is the dastardly deed of the great evil Planned Parenthood. Yep. Simply trying to silence people, silence speech, so they can do the, the evil that they do without losing more business, without being prevented from able to kill as many uh, preborn babies as they can get their hands on. I mean, I think that's the real bottom line here. I agree with you, and and the issue here is that um, the it's it's too broad. Obviously, that's one of the things that the government cannot um, outlaw speech. Uh, more than it needs to to accomplish a significant government purpose, a compelling government purpose. So here it's so broad that it restricts uh, protected free speech like holding signs, uh, sidewalk counseling, and literature distrib distribution, which is, has long been protected by the United States Supreme Court and most courts in the nation on the speech issues. Well, I will say this. If there are uh, people who are doing uh, pro-life ministry, they need assistance, uh, they uh, feel limited in any way, they should contact us at Pacific Justice Institute for free counsel and or representation. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because uh, this kind of counseling is, is so important. It's, it saves, helps so many women in, in, in crises, so many pre-born babies from being murdered. Yes. Um, this is, is very important, but it also is an indicator I think of where California is and how committed they are to, to so much evil in everything they adopt yes. in terms of the school legislation, mandates, limitations on speech, limitations on, on freedom. Uh, there's a reason, once again, there's a reason people are leaving the state of California. And yeah. this unfortunately is just another indicator as to why I think we're going to see more and more people leaving the state of California, but we're here to, to stand up for these injustices against Absolutely. these injustices. Uh, in uh, the state of Oklahoma, they the judge decided to rule on some pro-life legislation. I guess there were five bills. Yes. Uh, three of them, the judge upheld as constitutional. Yes. Two, the judge shot down as unconstitutional. That's right. So uh, let's let's talk about those those bills and uh, why this uh, turned out the way they did. Yeah. What first of all. Kudos to the legislature for setting five pro-life measures, and uh, you know that is wonderful to hear. And it's so nice to hear of states finally standing up and saying, "No, we're not just going to uh, adopt whole cloth the arguments for uh, against life." And so we are going to make laws. and And in this case, two of them were uh, were not upheld; they were overruled or blocked. Uh, and one of them was a heartbeat bill, which is very similar, which was very similar to the Texas law. It's its neighbor, uh, and uh, they, it stops abortion once a heartbeat is detected. Now, Michael, so that was the first one. Now, Mike, let's talk about that. So, Michael, Texas, uh, they were already challenged. That's right. It already went to the United States Supreme Court. Supreme Court said. We're gonna. We're not gonna grant an injunction against this. We're gonna allow it to to to, to continue. Yeah. Uh, into into effect to continue to pr protect uh, the unborn when a heartbeat starts. Yes. And it went back down, and litigation is happening. And then another 
desperate effort was made. And uh, they got a liberal federal judge to say, yeah, stop this, this legislation. But then the Fifth Circuit says, no, this, yeah. this legislation is fine. It can remain in effect. Can, can, it can continue to protect uh, the, those, uh, the, the pre-born that have a heartbeat about six weeks and on. Yes. So I'm trying to figure out why this Oklahoma judge felt so endowed to strike down the Oklahoma heartbeat bill yeah. when the Texas heartbeat bill seemingly is looking fairly favorable and uh, to, to surviving once the, the whole review is made before the United States Supreme Court. Yeah, that's a very interesting question. And, and maybe one of the issues might be the fact that this is a state court judge. It's not a federal court judge. So perhaps uh, sometimes we find, um, uh, you know, in the federal courts, uh, it's easier to get them to make legal rulings that are, are um, bold. This this uh, judge is a state judge. Uh, I understand that it is going to be appealed to the state Supreme Court, which would be the appropriate thing at this point uh, for this case. But um, she blocked this judge, uh, Cindy Trong. She blocked uh, the these two measures as being unconstitutional. And again, I think your point is well taken. Here we have right next door a law that is almost the same as this. And the federal jurors, um, the, the federal court overall, from the Supreme Court to the Fifth Circuit, has upheld the right for that thing, that bill to stand until the court hears this. But what's interesting is, is that if the state Supreme Court rules in favor of this judge and says, yeah, this is unconstitutional. Yeah. It doesn't stop there. If it's no. based on being unconstitutional with regard to the United States Constitution, which is what I'm, I'm uh, understanding she's relying upon in Roe yeah. versus Wade, mm -hmm. uh, then, then they can be challenged and appealed to the United States Supreme Court. Yes. So the state Supreme Court is not the final you know, say on this matter. When they're dealing with federal law or the federal constitution, the case can still be brought up to the United States Supreme Court, and that's what I think will happen, uh, if, in particular if the state Supreme Court rules adversely. I think it's a good chance that the state Supreme Court, Supreme Court of Oklahoma yeah. um, is going to reverse this. What say you? I agree, and especially in this climate, uh, as we just talked about, the Texas uh, heartbeat bill. Uh, and and the the interesting thing where we find ourselves right now is we got that the case that's very similar to this as well that the, the Supreme Court's going to hear argument for and make a ruling next time next year sometime uh, about whether or not Roe v. Wade should stand and that's gonna that's gonna be a game changer and it, it's interesting to see what's happening with the Texas law that the Supreme Court said, no, we're going to let it stand. That's very, that's very interesting. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to, you know, read any minds, but it's, it's an interesting development. It, it is definitely. And of course the, the uh, pro-life bills that were measures that were upheld were safety measures yep. that would create uh, new precautions uh, against medication induced abortions um, require all doctors who perform abortions to be Board certified in obstetrics and uh, gynecology. Yes. <laughs> I was going to say genealogy. Yeah, but gynecology, <laughs> and uh, you know, I, I think those are, are measures that make a lot of sense, uh, that make things 
safer for both the woman. Woman uh, also has an, an element of humanity there. Uh, so there were some some things that were upheld. That's right. But the things that were struck down, as far as I'm concerned, should not have been struck down. Yeah. Very important uh, that uh, that the, the heartbeat bill be preserved and protected. To me, it is so basic. Yeah. You know, when does someone's when is someone de- determined to be gone? It's when the heartbeat stops. That's right. When should someone be determined to be here and alive? Yes. It's when the, the heartbeat starts. Yeah. Um, the, and it's an independent heartbeat from the mother. That's right. It's not the mother that's right. at all. It's its own person, its own heartbeat. And I think this is just a no-brainer for anyone who has any conscience, any concept of humanity. Yes. And as we, as we drift as a nation farther from the Lord... I think it's more difficult for us to see humanity and, uh, and, and, uh, and avoid such terrible uh, tyranny with regard to the unborn. Pacific Justice Institute invites you to join in the fight to protect our religious liberties. Consider volunteering in one of our California offices or become an affiliate attorney. Visit our website to find out more, pji.org. And while you're there, subscribe to our Legal Insider to keep updated on all of our current cases. Pacific Justice Institute. Together, we can make a difference. So folks, there you have it. It's our God-given freedoms we're talking about. Now, let's choose to keep them. I'm Brian Dacus, president of the Pacific Justice Institute. Let's continue the fight for your freedoms. Thank you for listening in today. To find out more about the Pacific Justice Institute or the Dacus Report, call 916-857-6900 or log on to pacificjustice.org.